Thought Bubble Audio. Hi, and welcome to Batwoman TV Talk, your weekly podcast of Ryan Wilder. I am Palmer, and with me, as always, is Tony Ann. Say hi, Tony Ann. Hello, how are you? I'm good. How about you? Pretty good. How's everything been going in the last couple of weeks? Shut up, free editor browser extension <laughs> on computer. I hate uh, when those things pop up. Uh, pretty good. Well, that is good. Did you get your shot yet? Ha, ha, ha. Did you? Did you? Did you? I chickened out at the last second because I'm, like, terrified of needles, but I am going to reschedule and get it done. What? Yeah, it was just uh, – t- I because I scheduled it for, like, a middle middle of the day, on uh, like, during the week, and then, like, my mom had other appointments that day, and it just didn't work, and I was ter- – I'm terrified of needles, so I'm trying to reschedule it, and it – Just don't look at the needle. It's fine. Yeah. I'm good. I'm definitely. I keep checking every day for new appointments, though, so I'm definitely gonna get there. All right. I mean, I had my first one last week. It was it was fine. My arm hurt for like a day and a half. I wanted to cut it off, but other than that, it's good. <laughs> Did you get Pfizer or Moderna? Uh, Moderna. My mom got Moderna and she got her ass kicked. So I'm like. On both or just the second shot? She hasn't gotten for her. She hasn't gone for her second one yet. She got it oh, just oh. her first. That's that's a, odd. Usually the second one that I've heard will uh, will knock you out a bit. But even then, yeah. like people are saying, like within 24 hours, you're pretty much back to normal. Yeah, I mean it passed for her in 24 hours, but she's still. Yeah. Well, that is good. Um, we were off last week. Yes, we were. It felt weird not to podcast. It always does. Like I always, there's always like a time at some point on the day that we normally record. Where I say, I'm like, crap, I still have to rewatch the Batwoman episode. And then I'm like, oh, right. It, nope. Now yeah, I don't. It, it felt weird to actually, like, be, like, to actually not have anything to do to, like, after work, just kind of chill and just, it was strange because I'm so used to having stuff to do on the day that we record. And then it was like, <laughs> I have nothing to do. This is weird. Uh, we did get a we did get a um, five star rating on our last episode from a Ron via Apple Podcasts, uh, who apparently knew where this was going, even though we didn't. So um, he had said uh, they had said Alice will look for Enigma to erase her memory of Kate, but that would lead her to Kate because she has Kate, which is. Which is exactly all true. Yeah, like yeah, I, which some, is where it looks like it's leading. Which for some reason we just thought Alice was crazy enough that she could just decide she wasn't going to remember Kate was well, what our takeaway was last episode. Well, that's because that's the way that it played. Like it literally played like she was she was going to block Kate out because of the trauma. And I'm also in the middle of reli- like watching that story currently on another show that I watched. So it was. Yeah rather prevalent in my brain so that's just kind of where i went but yeah this makes way more sense for the universe that we live in within it does. Show. and the fact is like once it start, like once alice started hinting towards it in this episode i'm like oh yeah that makes a lot more sense than what we said <laughs> oh yeah what once once uh which will when we do the breakdown and we actually get to it in the episode once yeah. julia once julia got that note i was like oh yeah yeah 
<laughs> right. I okay. That's right. We have a character that does that. That would make a lot more sense. We're thinking logically, you know, in the yeah. real world, when we should be thinking <laughs> in the so, superhero world. Uh, so thank you for the review and um, pointing pointing out the correct line of thinking. Um, although I will say, um, I was going to say this afterwards, but apparently, uh, apparently Batwoman's um, plan of action was to send out a press release announcing Wallace Day as Kate Kane and then never have Wallace Day as Kate Kane on the screen because this is three episodes now and it doesn't look like she's going to be in the next episode. I didn't even see it. Uh, see, I wonder because of the ending if we're actually going to see her. I mean, we will. Well, no, but I, no, no, no. But I mean, I wonder if we're going to see her next week because... I mean, it's it's possible. I'm just kind of going based off of the um, trailer for next week, and the trailer oh, doesn't even kind of, like, hint towards it. Um, well, I haven't seen the trailer, but I'm just thinking because of how it ended and who has yeah. Angelique, that yeah. there's a possibility that they could be held together. I mean, this is very true. So it is very possible. And, I mean, technically we have seen Wallace Day as Kate on screen twice. Um, she just hasn't those... actually spoken any words. Or had a face like she's been she's been kind of cut up. But all right, we're going to jump into episode 10. Uh, we start off with a news crew showing up to the to showing up to a snakebite warehouse or distribution center. I find it odd that the that the news crew knew exactly where this distribution center was. And yet the cops and crows can't seem to figure it out. Like, Batwoman's I, the one who has to go through this? I feel like maybe, like, the reporters follow social media and the crows don't. So, like, if somebody had, had like, posted on social media, like, Batwoman sighting at this location, like, the news media will go right there. Meanwhile, the crows don't check social media, so they wouldn't know to look. That's just how I kind of justified it myself, especially since they made mention of, like, her going viral when she came back from that. So that's right. just kind of where my mind went. All right. Um, so as the reporter is introducing herself to the audience, someone falls onto the, uh, the news van. <laughs> that's literally Bat- my favorite. <laughs> because Batwoman don't care about the news van. Which was followed by my favorite line possibly of the entire season. Which was? Breaking news and breaking bones. I mean, that was a <laughs> that was a pretty nice uh, that was a pretty nice tagline. I'm not gonna lie. So the reporter kind of catches us up of what's been going on. Um, Batwoman's been on a tear, taking out as many you know as many of the distribution centers for Snakebite as possible. This is the third one that she is taking down in the past. You know, in the I think it's like the past week or short amount of time. Like um, two, three weeks, something like that. Yeah. Because it, yeah. it felt like a few weeks had passed since the last episode that we saw, even though it was only a one-week hiatus. There was definitely some passage of time, uh, which was fine. Like, I don't – I didn't need I it feel to, like, like, start. Yeah, no, I feel like had this been a normal season, this would have been, like, an episode where we come back from, like, a three-week break. Yeah, that makes – that makes sense. Um so Batwoman, after taking out the guys, uh, she says the that's this week. So 
So it's been about a week. Okay. She's trying to figure out who Black Mask is. Uh, she asked one of the she asked one of the cronies, and he's like, "Look, we all wear masks. Like we don't know who each other are." Which is a you know I I mean I know he's a criminal, so he might be lying, but that seems very that seems very yeah, accurate. And, and we we've seen when you know Black Mask is with his crew. They're all in masks, so it's not like they yeah. only wear masks when they go out to commit crime and they all know who each other are, which would be a logical conclusion to possibly jump to, but no, it seems like they're in masks 24-7. Yeah, like, I believe Black Mask knows who everyone is. Well, yeah, because he recruits them, but right. I, don't think, yeah. I don't think they know who he is, and I don't think they know who each other are. Yeah. Which is very possible. So after getting no information, uh, Batwoman takes the mic from the reporter and pretty much sends a warning to Black Mask saying she's coming for him and she's going to take him down. Can I just pause for one second and say that I like Ryan's aggressive approach to being Batwoman because that's not something I could ever imagine Kate did. Kate always liked to save the world and like be in the shadows and be low key about it. Ryan is like Ryan's Batwoman is like in your face. I'm going to take you down. And I kind of love that energy. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, no, I, it's definitely, I think her energy in this is definitely different from Kate, but I believe like Ryan as Batwoman right now is being motivated by the fact that Angelique is in jail because of Black Mask. Well, that's like the, true. Like the quicker she can take down Black Mask, the quicker she can probably convince Angelique that it's safe for her to to give up the names. You know, because like that, like Angelique's big thing that we found out at the end of the last episode is she was worried for Ryan's safety, not necessarily hers. Right. We go over to the Crows parking lot where um, where Jacob is listening to what's going on. Uh, he's listening to a report from from uh, Vesper about how about how they took down, you know, Batwoman took down another distribution center and she's getting more done than both the Crows and the GCPD. And as Jacob is turning off his uh, radio, naturally, there's somebody in his back seat because there's always somebody in the back seat of their cars in the Crows parking facility. The worst security, the worst secured parking garage in the history of the world. Also true. Very true. But also, how do you not know that somebody is in your car? You're a cop or uh, I mean, I know the crows aren't cops, but like you're cop adjacent, we'll say. <laughs> OK, <laughs> how do you not, how do your spidey senses not go off and say, OK, something's not right and not realize that somebody's in the car? They have a cover. I don't know. They it's always just, they always carry around like a large black um, comforter and just hide like, under it. If he didn't sit there and listen to the radio for 15, like for like five minutes before the guy attacked him, I, it would have been fine. Like if he just got into his car, went to start it and the guy like just came up from behind. OK, cool. But he literally sat there and listened to the radio for at least two to three minutes before the guy even <laughs> popped up from the back seat. Like, hello. The guy was the guy had to wait a long time, so he was probably napping. Is the problem? It's like that. That was a moment that took me out because I feel like if it were me, like I always can tell when something's not right. 
And it's just like, and especially if your job is to be like, if you're a crow, I feel like it should be in your, it should be instinctual to know if somebody is in your vehicle. I but, mean, also, given the rash of their vehicle break-ins in that parking garage over the course of one and a half seasons, like, I'm just always checking the back seat before I even get into the car. That's true, too. And also, I would just never park in that garage ever again. Nope, I'm going to I'm gonna walk to work. I'll take, I would either walk I'll, to work, Uber, yeah. like, we're not doing that. <laughs> yep. Not even Uber, because I would be afraid that they would show up in the Uber car. Like, I will walk to work. I will take the train in something other than a car. Just not doing it. Yeah. So Jacob gets chloroformed by the person in the mask. We cut to a dream sequence of, of well, more of a flashback sequence of Jacob pulling up to Cartwright's um, house, house after after Alice had or after Beth had called him saying where she was, we get the same confrontation between Cartwright and Jacob at the front door where Cartwright's trying to explain to him that it was a bad, you know, it was a bad joke that his kid was playing. Jacob goes rushing into the house, automatically goes to the downstairs door, shoots it open, goes down the stairs, breaks down the door where Alice is being held and reunites with Alice. Were you confused? I was semi-confused for a few seconds. Like, I, like when he was shooting the downstairs, the basement door, I was like, "Huh, I don't remember him doing this." And yeah. then he, and then he saw Alice, and I'm like, "Well, I know that he didn't do that." And then he wakes up from his haze, and we see that the snake bite drug is is tied to his arm, and he's being injected with it. But yeah, then, I figured he was. I figured he was drugged with something once we realized what the dream was. What confused me is when he came out of it and he was still in his car. I was expecting him to be like tied up somewhere, and then when I saw the needles, I was like, "Oh, so that was a snake bite thing." Okay. Yes. Yep. From there, we go to the Bat Cave with Ryan and Luke trying to figure out who Black Mask is and what's going on. And uh, Luke is kind of giving Ryan some some crap about not actually dropping the mic. Which I thought that was adorable. I love that. <laughs> I love their banter. Like, you actually They're... had a mic in your hand and you didn't actually drop the mic. Yes. I am, I am happy that we are past the... The angry Luke phase of their relationship. Yes, it went on a little too long. I am so glad we're past that because bantering them is so much fun. Um, I, you know, I don't know if it went on a little too long. I think it went on a little too much. Like it was every scene, all like it felt like every scene almost. And if it was at least like if it wasn't so prevalent. Much, yeah, if it wasn't so much throughout all of the episodes, it would have been fine. But it was just like hammering a dead nail, you know, hammering a nail that's already been yeah, driven in. eating a dead horse. Yeah. yeah. So, so there was that. Um, Luke still hasn't figured out who Black Mask is. Ryan rushes out because um, she's late for visiting hours. Although I really what? liked her. Like, is that the time? Is your have watch, you met me? <laughs> is your watch broken? Is your watch fast? Yeah, is your watch fast? Have you met me? 
There's so, something else we should discuss in this scene, though. Apparently, okay. Black Mask blames Batwoman for the death of his daughter. Uh, yeah, he said that. Yeah, we said that last week or the week Did, before. I don't remember. I don't remember us discussing that. So I wanted to yeah. bring that up again. Yeah, when when Black Mask when Black Mask is talking to Ryan or Angelique, there's a there's a scene uh, back when like back a couple weeks ago. Yeah, it's when he's talking to Batwoman. Like he has Batwoman tied down. Okay. And, there and was so much like, going on in that scene yeah, that it must have went over my he head. He talks about how uh, the old Batwoman killed his daughter, and she's kind of guilty by association. Um, and then he also kind of blames the crows. So, like, we don't, we still don't know anything about his daughter. If he really ever had a daughter, or what? I wonder if. Because I obviously Kate didn't kill his daughter because Kate's never killed anyone. Uh, him, she has. <laughs> well, oh yes, she did. But <laughs> so I'm wondering if the but crows did. To, according to Luke, this this never happened. Yeah, it never. So I'm wondering if the crows did something based on Batwoman's intel and it got his daughter killed, which is why he blames them both. So not necessarily. So not necessarily that Batwoman or Kate's version of Batwoman killed her, but it inadvertently led to her death. Yeah. Or she died some way and Batwoman didn't save her. Like, it's always... It's usually Do you always... think that he's going to want to turn Kate into his daughter? No. No, because he seems to be out for Jacob more than anything. Well, because, I mean, he he can have Enigma turn her into whatever he wants. He could. I don't... Yeah, I don't know. So... Ryan is off to lock up to go visit Angelique. They, they, you know, it's visiting hours, so she's checking in to see how Angelique's doing. Um, they haven't. It seems like they really haven't talked in a in a little bit. Angelique said because her commissary account is down to nothing, and it's like twenty two bucks for a ten minute phone call or something. And she only gets like seven cents a day or something. Uh, I believe it's seven cents an hour. Seven cents seven, an hour. Yeah. Okay. Seven or nine cents an hour washing blue jeans. Um, and Ryan again tries to get her to, you know, to help herself out by by telling them, you know, telling her and the crows who killed the commissioner. And she's like, you know, if you do that, you can get out of here. And she's like, and Angelique's like, oh, sorry, gotta go, gotta go make my money. I'm out. Was this the scene where she also thought that Ryan and Batwoman were dating? Uh, yes, but that was more of a that was more of a snide comment. Like I don't think she actually thinks that. Well, because it, it was like right after she said that is when she got up, so I wasn't sure. No, because essentially Ryan's like you know because Ryan was like you know we'll protect you know you can be protected and and Angelique's oh by Batwoman you know I mean Angelique doesn't like Batwoman I don't think. Uh, but, yeah, no, I don't think so either. Yeah, I don't, I don't. So she did mention like, oh, is Batwoman your, you know, is Batwoman your girlfriend now? Are you super friends with benefits? I, I don't think she really thought that that was a thing. It was more of like something you would say just to, just to upset the person. Gotcha. I wasn't sure if she meant it because she got up not long after she said it. So that was kind of like, huh. Yeah, no, that was her way of ending the conversation. Yeah. We go over to the community center that that Ryan talked about helping get off the ground. 
Um, they're having a function to try and get some more donors. Um, we have we have Sophie's sister. Whose name Sophie's, I can't I can't remember her name, but I really like her. Yeah, I I was trying to figure out like the shirt she was wearing. <laughs> I couldn't read what it said. Um, but her so Sophie's sister is on the mic thanking people who showed up and. Um, she, you know, she was like, you know, we had we had donors that, you know, that helped us out a lot that want to remain anonymous. So Mary Hamilton and Ryan, Ryan Wilder, Wilder, thank, they, yeah, yeah, thank yeah, you for all your for help. You or something. Yeah, she's like, yeah. she named them. The lying. Her name is Jordan, by the way. Okay. Um, yeah, she, yeah, she outed them. Um, then she introduced another... Uh, she's about to introduce someone else, and a reporter from the Gazette comes out and starts asking a bunch of questions like, are they worried about, you know, why they don't have as much security as he thinks they should? They're in a rough part of the neighborhood, and um, according to him, places like that are always a target for bad things, and statistics don't lie. We have a woman that comes out of her seat to kind of confront him, saying, well, what about the statistics of a place like this um, causing a drop in incarceration rates and police rates? And she kind of she kind of fights back with her own statistics. And the guy, you know, the guy's like, look, I, I like what you're doing here. I'm just, you know, I'm worried that something bad could happen. He leaves. Uh, Jordan introduces the lady whose name is Amani, I believe. I M A N I. Amani, maybe. Amani, yeah, that makes more sense. To uh, he introduces her to Ryan, and and Amani is like, oh, so this is the person that's going to be teaching Krav uh, Maga classes, and Jordan's like, Haha, I haven't asked her yet. <laughs> Uh, and then Jordan goes skipping off. Jordan is trying to set up Ryan with literally any woman she comes across. I've I've decided this because this was obvious another setup. Yeah, but like she's I'm surprised I'm surprised she's not being more blatant about it with Ryan and Sophie, considering she seemed to be very team vet a couple weeks ago. Yeah, but then she realized that wasn't going to happen, so she's like, "Fine, I'll find, I'll find somebody else." And then, like the, and then like the next woman walks by and is like, "You, you want to date Ryan? Come over here." I'm actually not so sure that Ryan and Sylvie aren't going to happen, but we'll get to that later. It is not going to (laughs) happen. Stop trying to make fetch happen. Hey, you refused to think that Ocean and Alice were going to become a thing, and they did. So they did not. Are they are they together? No. Is Ocean even on the show anymore? No. We're never seeing him again. We don't actually know that. As as Amani and Ryan are starting to talk, a villain breaks in. Well, the lights go out and a villain shows up with a giant electric gun and fires it into the fires it into the building, kind of setting it on fire and also just like really demolishing it sending yeah. people scattering doesn't really doesn't really try to kill anybody there just kind of attacks the building just trying to cause chaos right we come back from commercial and ryan luke and mary are walking through the cave discussing the events of what was 
happening and how um and how because of what's happening uh they're gonna you know it'll be hard for them to find more donors because you know donors running for their lives doesn't really help out exactly and ryan's trying to figure out why someone would try and take out the building that there's no money in you know there's no money in it and all it does is help people and they kind of remember about the guy from the press that was talking about the place being a target right before it became a target so they were like well let's you know, let's try start. Let's start there and see if we can figure out who did this. Luke goes to the computer, finds the guy, finds the guy in a few seconds because he gave him he gave him the name, and apparently he doesn't work for the Gotham Gazette anymore. He was fired six months ago. So they wonder why he was at the he was at the community center asking questions on behalf of the Gotham Gazette. So Ryan's like, well, I'm gonna go talk to him. And off she goes. Yep. Over on the crows, we see. We see um, Sophie and Julia at a at a computer, and Julia is going through her spent her expense report for when she was originally looking for Kate, and you know she sees stuff from Madrid and and other places, and she's like, I don't remember like, any I don't of this. Remember, yeah, I don't remember a lot of these. And Sophie's like, Well, were you drinking? And Julia's like, well, like, well I was looking I was... for one ex, just having been, just having been dumped by another. So yeah, I yeah. was drinking, but not that much. She's like, well, how do you know if you can't remember? And she's like, well, point taken. I mean, yeah, but yeah, yeah, poor Julia. She was, she was essentially just called the lush, like by Sophie, and she's like, well, I can't really fight because I don't remember. So all right, guess I was. Then random, random guy crow comes up and is like, Julia, you have a message. It's from someone. Someone is phoning in a tip that that someone broke into the old Cartwright place, the old Cartwright farm. You know, that place where Scooby-Doo and the gang found a ghost. (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, all right. Who's like, I was told to give the message to you and only you. Did they say who they were? No, but they did say... Make sure to give this to Penny Dreadful. Does that mean anything to you? <laughs> and that was the, well, I mean, besides the fact that it, the location of where the meetup was, once they said Penny Dreadful, I was like, oh, this is so Alice. I honestly don't remember her using Penny Dreadful. Like I like Penny Whistle is the one that is always stuck out to me. I, I've heard like, but even if she hasn't used it, I feel like that's something Alice would say. Oh, well, yeah, she. Yeah. So, so I was like, OK, that's Alice. <laughs> so Julia goes to the Cartwright place, finds Alice. We have a discussion of of Alice, kind of you know saying you know telling Julia, look, I need your help. We need to go. We need to go find somebody, and I need your help. And she's like, um, the last time we teamed up, you stabbed me. <laughs> and you know, Alice is like, uh, all right, you know, fine. Yeah, how that's about, kinda true. <laughs> how about you help me find this person and. I'll leave Gotham forever. And she basically lays out to her that they're looking for a mutual friend of Sophia who goes by Enigma who can erase people who can erase people's memories or alter their memories as well. And that kind of got Julia's attention like, oh, okay. Yes. And Julia, you know, Julia's like, huh, I think I already met her. Um, 
and that's kind of the gist of the scene. There is this is a really good scene. It's got some good back and forth between Julia and yes, that's and a, Alice. It's, it's a team up I didn't know I was going to enjoy because we've never really seen them work together much, right? I mean, we did once, and it ended with Julia getting stabbed by a butterfly knife. Right, but other like it's not something we've seen often. Like it was just that one time, and then that was it, right? It's not right. a combination they they give us frequently. I forgot how much I enjoyed it. Yeah, I will say this has been the closest. The interaction here between like Alice and Julia has been the closest to like the Al the Alice and Kate dynamic yeah. as we've gotten this season, but. I also feel like there's there's some like there's tension. There's there's some really good tension in the in the scene between them. But it I don't know, like it's weird that there seems like there's more to it. Do you okay, um like more than like you stabbed me so I hate you or are you thinking there's like a romantic/sexual tension there? I would say sexual, um, and it could just be like it. It could be like an anger thing, but okay. Because I was kind of vibing the same thing, but yeah. I was I wasn't sure because sometimes I tend to see things chemistry. Like I tend to see chemistry where there isn't necessarily meant to be chemistry. So I wasn't sure if it was one of the things I was just seeing or if it was actually happening. So the fact that you actually see it too yeah. makes me. I was like, okay. Now it might not. Now it's it's very true that it might not. It might not have supposed to have been there, and it was just the way like the scene came across and how well they both did in the scene. But like, and it I'm was not. Defi- yeah, and I'm not saying like in an episode or two like they're gonna be a happy couple. Oh God! No. Like I'm not even like. Like if they both got drunk one night and had like a one night stand. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like I that. Would, I... Like that would make more sense, but. That would totally make more sense because yeah. I don't see them like with the whole white picket fence, happy life type thing. That's so yeah, not no, the it, vibe. It, it would definitely be like a, uh, it, a it's almost like a revenge thing. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. So Julia, so without really saying she agrees to help her, Julia agrees to help her. We, you don't usually say you agree with Alice. You just end up doing what she wants begrudgingly. I always say I agree with Alice because I usually agree with Alice. Well, that's true, but I mean the characters within the show have never actually <laughs> said she was right or that they agree with her. They just sort of end up begrudgingly doing what she wants because she's that amazing. Yeah. We go to the Crow's headquarters and Jacob uh, – we're in Jacob's office and in walks Enigma who is – also going by the name of Doctor Something or other. Is it Evelyn Rayner or something like that? I want to say Evelyn is definitely the first name. Uh, her La- la- last name definitely starts with an R. Uh, I think. Oh, he just calls her Evelyn. I thought he had said her name, but that's not until later. I'm I'm gonna look it up. Good, and I will discuss the scene. Uh, so Jacob had called her. She is on their snakebite task force. As a as a medical professional, because she apparently is a psychologist and he wants her to explain to him the effects of snake bite, because it does affect you psychologically because of what it is. And she talks about how 
the drug attacks the hippo. She says the drug attacks the hippocampus, and it basically kind of it kind of attaches to the parts of the brain that deal with remorse, and says you know this can this can get the user to rewrite some of the stuff that they are really are really angry or upset that wish they could change, and that's why it's such a highly addictive drug. She then asks how long Jake has been on Snakebite, and he kind of, you know, after being like, well, I don't know what you're talking about, she's like, look, I'm I'm really good at my job. Like, that's I know you've taken it. And he talks about what happened in his car and how he woke up, and essentially she's like, you know, you're going to need my help to, to get through this. I will say, um, did you figure it out? Yes, Evelyn Rhyme. Oh, yeah, and- Rhyme. I knew it was something uh, with an R, but yeah. her being a psycho like her being a psychologist makes complete sense because they use hypnosis as a therapy technique, so that actually tracks. Uh yes, and we're gonna get to that in a little bit. Um, but before that, I will say I like uh, Jacob in this scene. I really like how he chose to play the scene. Because his attitude is completely different than what we've seen in the show so far. Like, it's a little bit more aloof, and, like, you can tell something's off. But you're not quite be- sure what. But because, like, we know what's going on with him, we kind of we kind of know, like, it's, like, he's playing this. In, in my mind, he's playing this, like, as an obvious, like, junkie looking to try and get another hit. At the same time, like, to the normal, like, to anyone else on the show, it's not like he's scratching his arm and is like, I need a fix. But we just see, like, the personality change that is such a stark contrast of what he's been. That, you are like, oh, this is where, this is kind of where they're going. Yeah. Um. Now, did you think, like, in the scenes, was he trying to, like, play her for information, do you think? Or, like, was he trying to just hide the fact that he was like Jones in for snake bite? Uh, I think he was trying to hide the fact that he was jonesing for snake bite, but he was also like what the what the drug did and what it was really like made out of and all like the scientific medical jargon as he puts it, I don't think he was ever interested in until now. Yeah, I don't like, think so, so either. He, so I think he's like he's jonesing for another hit and at the same time he's like, Well, if I get if I take it again, am I going to get the same feeling? So he's like, you know, why is this so addictive? What does it do? And she pretty much says, she pretty much tells him, like, what it affects. And he's like, well, that's exactly what happened to me. Like, my biggest regret is not seeing, it's not saving Beth. This drug gave me the impression and the feeling like I saved her. I would, I would still want that feeling. So if I take it, that's the feeling I'm going to get again. All right, great. Yeah. Now, th- now we did not know that she was part of the Snakebite Task Force until this episode, right? Correct. Okay. I, don't think, I also believe this is the first time we find her, like, she's referred to as somebody other than Enigma. So. Okay, so, that's yeah. what I wanted to make. That's what I wanted to make sure, which kind of makes a lot of things fall into place, but... We'll discuss that when we get there. Uh, it does actually. You are you are right. 
Um, I will say, and do this on a quick aside, because I know you don't know a lot about the comic book. I'm kind of, I've been, I've been meaning to bring this up for a couple weeks, ever since we've heard her name mentioned. I'm kind of uneasy about her name, because her name is the same, or her moniker, Enigma, is the same name as the Riddler's real name, uh, who's another villain who likes to, you know, do riddles, obviously, because... Okay, well, that explains why, when I was just looking up her real, like, her name, um, the Google had a question of, are Enigma and Riddler the same person? That explains that. Yeah, Yeah. so in the comics, there, you know, um, Edward Enigma is his name, and that's his real name, and he's the Riddler, someone who you know, commits crimes, heists, or whatever, and always leaves, like, a riddle to to stump the Batman. And there is a lot of similarities between... All right, a lot is a, is really stretching it. There are similarities between her and him. The name is one. They both use cane. He has a giant question mark on the top of his cane. She has some weird symbol that kind of looks like a Y. Now, do you think that maybe Batwoman wasn't able to get the rights to use the Riddler, so they're kind of gender bending and like just sort the of? Riddler does have a daughter in the comics. Oh, okay. Yes, um, yes. And then the third one is he he has a he has a um, an affinity for the color green, uh, and obviously every time we've seen her, her shirt has been green. So either they're dropping Easter eggs or they're trying to make a connection to something or both. Yeah. And actually, huh, the his daughter's name, his daughter's like uh, moniker in the comics is Enigma. Right. And interesting. I mean, rhyme riddle would I mean, they're both kind of play on words type things. Would that be connect? Like, could that be connected? Yeah, I'm starting to think that I'm starting to think that for some reason I haven't thought of this until I've been meaning to talk about the similarities between her and the Riddler. And until we started talking, I had forgotten that he had a daughter um, because it was like so. uh, So, again, I'm not saying that. This is who it is. But, but it's very possible. A, like yeah, a brief background on her character. Uh, she first appeared in Teen Titans number 38, which was the run by Jeff Johns and Tony Daniel. She was in the series Trinity. She was in Gotham City Sirens. Um, and apparently she also appeared an Enigma, not this version, but the, from what it sounds like the um, the regular version appeared in the second season of the Arrowverse Batwoman. Huh. So it's very possible that this is the person. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's kind of like, I I love that we were just kind of, as we were talking, kind of putting the pieces together and figuring it out. That was kind of cool. Yeah. Like I said, it wasn't, I wasn't even thinking about that because I remember, like the only time I remember reading about her, because I never read Teen Titans, was in a really great series called Gotham City Sirens, um, which is about like uh, Catwoman, Harley Quinn, and Ivy kind of teaming up. And she's in 
she was in that book. So yeah, this could actually be the Riddler's daughter, um, which was funny because we had heard rumors about Scarecrow possibly being in the season, and she is a in this show she is a psychiatrist, kind of like Scarecrow was. So like I thought she was going to be a stand-in for say Scarecrow, but now it, I don't know. It'll it's, it'll be interesting to see if we find out more about her because now yeah. I'm. I am very intrigued, and I want to know. Because I'm assuming she chose her name. Like, yes. So, I I don't know. Rhyme Riddle, that definitely connects for me, so I'm definitely intrigued. And it seems like she isn't from Coriana, because she comes and goes from Coriana, and that's not something you are really, like, It's not doesn't seem like it's something they're really big on. Right. From there, we go to uh, Batwoman outside of outside of the reporter from the Gazette's home in an alley as he's leaving. And she's like, hey, going somewhere? And he, you know, he turns around kind of startled, realizes it's her and is kind of relieved. He thought it was going to be the guy with the electric gun. We forgot to mention um, Luke Fox was really upset that they named him Kilowatt because the required voltage was much more than a kilowatt. (laughs) Which is such a Luke thing to be mad about. Yeah. So so he essentially tells Batwoman as Luke is listening in, as Luke's like, that's our guy. I don't understand. Like, he's lying. Like, Luke is kind of, like, chirping in her ear as this guy's trying to lay out the plot of the episode. And he's like, look, um... You know, she was like, how did you know the the community center was going to be a target? And he's like, I didn't, but this is what's happened. That was a target. There was a midnight basketball program in the Narrows that got burned down. There was a tutoring place in the Diamond District that got that got taken out. Like, this is the third one. There was a, I believe that one was shot up, if I remember correctly. Yes. So he's like, this is the third one for this to happen to. And looks like, I don't see any sort of pattern. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, really? Three community centers all yeah. got all got targeted. That is a pattern. Like, come on, Luke. Exactly. Come on, Luke. What's the matter with you? Two's a coincidence, three's a pattern. Yeah. Uh, so as they're discussing, the lights kind of go out in the alley. And Kilowatt shows up, fires his gun, the beam splits hits Batwoman and then hits then hits the reporter and because of the because of the suit Batwoman's able to kind of pop up she runs over and takes out the guy as he's recharging his gun she she brings she brings the reporter over to Mary's super secret medical facility and Mary's like all right let's see uh let's try and help him out so she's you know they they're putting some anti-burn cream cuz he's got third degree electrical burns and Mary thinks he's going to make it. We go over to the Batcave where Luke and Ryan are talking. And Luke's inspecting the gun. And he's like, well, we've got a partial print. I just have to remove the battery. I think this is the battery. <laughs> I think this is the battery. Let me see what this button does. <laughs> and the gun kind of like makes Turns sounds. On. And Luke goes running. <laughs> and then the battery compartment opens up and he takes it out. And he's like, ah. I See? do it all the time. <laughs> and, and Ryan's like, "Yeah, sure you did." Yeah. So they take a they take the fingerprint and they find out 
that the fingerprint belongs to a person who's currently in jail. So the plot thickens. Yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah, no, this person is uh, person's in jail. Like, I don't know how he would have gotten out. So who knows? We go over to Julia and Alice talking in a parking garage about about how Julia doesn't remember anything. And she's like, you know, I went from here to here, and then I came back, and then I went to Bloodhaven where I found I found Kate. Kate's remains. Right. And somehow I don't remember, you know, I don't remember doing this. And Alice is just like, oh. Well, apparently you also met just... with this Dr. Evelyn Rhyme that it says here on the back of your boarding pass in your wallet, Julia. Which apparently you didn't bother to read. Like, seriously, you are now, the here... worst detective in the world. Now, here's another thing. I have expected when... Alice was looking up this doctor that she was going to see a picture and confirm that this was Enigma. But she wouldn't know. Didn't she meet it? Didn't she see it? Uh, yes, she would. No, she doesn't remember who Enigma is. She remembers Enigma did this to her, but she doesn't remember who she is. We know but who did, she is from the flashbacks. Right, but when we saw the flashbacks, wasn't that wasn't that her remembering? So doesn't she have those memories back? So wouldn't I, she have seen her I, face? I don't think so. I know what you're saying, and and you are you could be very well right, but I would have taken it so that we knew. I yeah, it's weird. Like I I agree, the way they the way they lay it out, you are probably more than absolutely correct. But in my mind, like I don't feel like she like I feel like some of that scene was just for the audience. Okay, I wasn't so, sure. Yeah, no, it. It's that it could be like I said, could be either one. You are more than likely correct, and I'm just kind of looking into it more as like they played a little bit of the scene just for the audience. Because I think if Alice knows what she looks like, Alice wouldn't need as much help. Well, she doesn't have a name. She, she has doesn't... Enigma. Well, Enigma she has could an... be her real name. But like all she has is Enigma. She doesn't know anything. But getting the name from Julia would then, you know, when she Googled the name, would be a clue. And then usually when you Google a doctor, the doc- doctor's picture comes up. I know, I've Googled plenty of doctors for work. So I, w- I was kind of expecting that to happen, and it didn't. And I was like, oh, well, that was not what I was expecting. Yeah, so Julia knows the name because Julia's like, oh, she's on the task force for Snakebite. And Alice is like, all right, you go talk to her. I'm going to go to the office. We go over to Enigma's office and Jacob is there talking to talking to Dr. Evelyn Rhyme about what his greatest regret is and he's you know he talks about how he regrets that that he left uh that he that left he Beth. In, yeah that he left Beth in that in that prison and how like he was there and he could have saved her and he didn't and Evelyn's like well how you know how are you with you know, how's everything going with the rest of your family? And he's like, well, Mary's the only family I have left, and she's not really talking to me. And Evelyn, um, Dr. Rhyme, essentially says, you know, the, you know, I can't, I can't help you with the withdrawals that you're going to go through, which are going to suck. But the best way to kind of move past your longing to, to take back what happened with Beth is to repair the relationship you have with Mary. 
you know, work on that. Give yourself something to work on rather than having to remember this. Right, because if he can get past the regret by making things up with Mary, then maybe the snake bite won't. It like he can get past, he can get over the addiction to snake bite because he won't right. be living in that regret. Yeah, Which Ryan unfortunately doesn't go as planned. Ryan goes over to the jail this time not to see Angelique, but to see the suspected person of Kilowatt, and she's like, "Hey, did you go torch a?" Uh, did you go torture community center? I know you're in jail because I'm here talking to you in jail. But did you go torture community center? And he's like, I don't have to talk to you. Hangs up the phone as he's leaving. Like, did she honestly think he was just going to own up to it? No, but as he's leaving, she meant she's like, ah, you know, you told me everything I need to. You told me everything I need to know. And then she tells Luke, yeah, it's him. Because she notices she notices a wound on him that she gave him in their fight in the alleyway. Okay, so, that was Spartan. Yeah, so I like I don't think she actually went there thinking he was gonna confess. I think she might have, you know, see how he reacts or you know, maybe if she sees something that kinda can give her a sense of what's going on and that kind of did. And then she goes to talk to Angelique and she's like, Hey girl, you want to give up those people yet? <laughs> Actually, she's like, hey, is there a way, like, is there a secret tunnel out of here, like in Shawshank? And Angelique's like, if there was, would I be sitting here? Also true. <laughs> yeah, she's like, fine. So who killed Commissioner Forbes? Come on, I'll, I'll keep you protected. And, you know, they do, you know, she puts up her pinky for their pinky promise thing. She's like, it's you and me against the world. And Angelique's like, fine, I'll I'll tell you. We cut to Black Mask shooting random mask person, number one. And he's like, I accept your apology. Anybody else want to anybody else want to apologize for anything or tell me why we haven't had a viable dose of snake bite in two weeks? And one of the masked women is like, hey, you're the one who wanted the you're the one who wanted the recipe to be a secret. So only that one guy who completely vanished and the girl that is now in jail knew. So And that's not our problem. Yeah. That's not our fault. And he's like, oh, I guess you're right. I still think he kills that person, but we don't see it. But yeah. it's a very black mask thing to do. Be like, yeah, you're right. Kills her. And you're dead because you spoke to me in a way you weren't supposed to. Yep. So then we cut over to Ryan talking to Sophie and it's like, all right, I gave you, you know, Angelique gave me the names of the two people. And she's like, yes, I got I got your six voicemails. She's like, so is she out of jail yet? Why isn't she out of jail? Is she out of jail yet? When's she getting <laughs> out of jail? Sophie, why is she still in jail? And Sophie's like, look, I, I'm going to look into it. And then we can talk to the DA. And she's like, I already looked into it. They were both, you know, they both run a gun club. She's like, fine, I will, I will look into it right now and I'll go talk to the DA. Luke calls up Ryan. Ryan goes off to the Batcave. We see Ryan, Luke, and a very, very stylish-looking Mary in a kind of neon green turtleneck. Yes. And and leather pants. Like, like Mary, Mary for just being like, I'm going to go to the Batcave today. I'm going to wear this really good outfit. Yes. Mary always like, looks good, but this was this was extra special. Yeah. It's because she knew Ryan was going to be there. <laughs> so 
um, Luke is like, well, here's the video of the person. Here's the video of the person that supposedly torched the community center on the night of the incident, and he's playing cards. And this is something Luke had told him, told Ryan when she was at the jail. He's like, no, I'm I'm watching him playing cards right now. And she's like, no, he's got a wound exactly where I cut him. So Luke looks into it more, and he's like, this is him playing cards that night. This is him playing cards two weeks ago. It's the same. It's the same game. All the cards are the same. So obviously, this is reused footage. Exactly, because no, no game of solitaire is ever exactly the same. Well, I'm sure there are, but I mean, in a two-week span, is probably pushing it. Yeah. Um, and then he says, "Well, I looked at the other places, and it turns out that, well, he's like, he's like, I also found out that the day after the place got." The day after the community center got got attacked, this guy suddenly became up for parole. Well, you're 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 kind of skipping over something because she's like, well, are they covering up the fact that he broke out? And he's like, no, actually, I think they let him out because check this out. And then it went into the parole explanation. Right. So he's like, he got you know he got a parole hearing the day after this happened, and then he goes back to the other two cases. The Narrows basketball game that got torched. A serial arsonist got paroled the next day. The Diamond, the Diamond District Tutoring Center that got shot up. You know, someone got paroled the next day. It was like an arm, like an arms dealer or something, right? Yeah, yeah, someone who was in for armed robbery or something. Um, so he's like, you know, all three instances, people that weren't that weren't able to get parole yet, or it was too soon. Yeah, it was too soon yeah, for them. Got paroled for good behavior and it was all signed off on by the ceo of the prison system and was it mary who asked why they would do that uh yeah probably and then ryan said it goes back to what the reporter said the night or no it was back to what um sophie's sister said that the community centers uh will lower incarceration rates no that was imminent or amon or oh that was the other lady Yeah, that was the other lady who had the, yeah, she was like, if the crime rates go down, that means the prisons aren't, the prisons aren't full, and they don't get, yeah, because she was like, I still don't get why, and she's like, because it would lead to, it would lead to falling incarceration rates. Back over at the Crows, we have Jacob walking into his, Jacob walking into his office, and Roman is there, looking about as... About as yuppie and scummy as humanly possible. Seriously, like got, I was... He's got the suit and tie, and then he's got, like, the overcoat, like, hanging off his shoulders with his arms, like, not in the... Yeah, like, not in like... the arm slots, like, it's a cape. And I'm like, oh, you, like... Like, even oh, if I didn't know you were a black mask, I would just think you're evil. Like, yeah, he was giving off the <laughs> I'm evil... Right. I'm evil, but I'm going to try to look like I'm nice, but I'm still going to come off like a really smarmy son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so Jacob's like, you know, what can I help you with, Roman? And Roman's like, well, I was I was doing one of my I was doing one of my look ins on one of my stores and one of my employee lockers had this. And he puts down a bag and he's like, that's snake bite, isn't it? And Jacob takes the takes the little case out of the bag opens it up and yes and he's like yep that's snake bite and he's like oh 
man, I, I thought this drug was just for kids. Like, I never thought any of my employees would take it. But I was just rolling my eyes the entire time. Like, <laughs> good lord. Yeah, like, wow. Like, So Jacob goes to, like, get a drink to calm his nerves. You can see his hand kind of, like, shaking. And Roman's just laying it on thick. And he's like, well... I got this handle on my end. Can you make sure you dispose of this so it doesn't go out onto the street? And Jacob's like, yes, I can I can definitely do that. We uh, Over in the hallway, Julia runs into Evelyn, and she's like, Dr. Rhyme, just the person I was looking for. And she's like, Julia, just the person I wasn't looking for. And Julia's like, apparently we had a session a couple weeks ago that I don't remember what was it about and she's like well uh we should talk about this in private because it was very sensitive so they go over to one of the um they go over to one of the detention or one of the interrogation uh and as they walk in julia closes the door and it's like so would you prefer i call you enigma she goes enigma goes to run for the door it's locked julia kind of pins her up against the door and she's like what did you do to me? And she's like, the same thing I'm going to do now. She opens up her cane and stabs her with some sort of concoction. And Julia goes down for the count. Yeah, that's, now, probably the, that's probably the drug that makes her mind susceptible to the hypnotic suggestion. I was going to say, like, I, I honestly don't know if I would. I don't know if I because we haven't seen what she does. We just seen the after effects. So we're working on the assumption that it's some sort of hypnosis. And while it probably technically is, I don't think it's like standard hypnosis. No, I I'm, it's I'm probably wondering if that I'm wondering if that drug kind of kind of works as like an amnesia thing. And then she just kind of fills in the details when you come. through. Yeah, it almost feels like a brainwashing type thing where yeah. you have to like drug the person you're brainwashing so that they become susceptible to accept whatever the commands are. Yeah. I'm hoping we finally find out like exactly how it works for her or like see her do it because we have, because that's the thing we haven't seen her do it yet. Like we've always seen the aftermath. Yeah. But that's that I literally, I was like, okay, so that's the drug to make her more susceptible to at least to at least the fake memories. If, because obviously the next time we see Julia after this. Right. Is, has... is in two scenes. So we'll find okay. out what happens. We come back from commercial and uh, we see the CEO of the prison system at night at another site for a prison because CEOs randomly go to like building sites at in the middle of the night. If you're doing something shady, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's, yeah, he's doing something shady, but not in the random middle of the night in the prison site. Like, what I'm saying is, if you're, if I mean, if you're a prison CEO and you're doing one shady thing, you're doing multiple shady things. So we don't actually know why he was there, but I can guarantee it was for nothing good. So Batwoman confronts him and is like, you know, so why, you know, why are you doing what you're doing? And she's like, how much, you know, how much does, how much does the state or government pay you? per person in your in your prison and he says it's 150 dollars a day per person so they're making millions a day from people being incarcerated and she's like is that why you burn down these communities is that why you hired these people to burn down the community centers 
Elkie's just like, yep, you got me. And she's like, all right, I, I guess we'll just go to jail now. And he's like, oh, no, 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 I was stalling you. And three guards come up with the with their um, electrical guns. We cut over to the Crows going to the Gotham City Gun Club, looking on the lead that An- of the two guys Angelique gave the names to. They go into the gun club in the shooting range part, and there's nobody there. It's, it looks like it's closed. There's a bunch of shells on the floor. They notice something uh, in, during the target practice area. They they bring in two of the hooks, and it's the two people who killed Commissioner Forbes on the hook, dead, multiple bullet wounds. And Sophie's like, well, case closed. Chalk another one up for Sophie. <laughs> Which, at this point, I'm thinking, and I didn't think this until right now, I'm pretty sure that was the setup. What do you mean? Well, they check the leads. They uh, they realize that Angelique, you know, Ange- you know, Angelique's thing checks out, and then the people who killed the commissioner are dead, so they are able to get Angelique out. And then whatever happens, they have to get Angelique out in order for Black Mask and his people to be able to grab her. So I feel like, I don't know, I feel like it was all, I mean, it was all set up that way. Um, I mean, it would make sense. At this point, I, I fully believe Black Mask has people on the payroll. Well, I'm going to I'm gonna give you my theory when we get to the actual scene where she's taken. Okay. When who's taken? We don't know what's going to happen. True. But when yeah, we get there. See? We go back to Batwoman fighting the three people with electric guns, in which I will say is a pretty nice. This is probably nice... what it, one of my favorite fight scenes of the season. Yes, it was. It was a very well choreographed fight scene. Her kind of like using her her grappling line to to dodge. But she guns. flew up to. I was like, okay, that's freaking awesome. Yeah. Um. So I did, uh, you know, I thought visually it was a really good fight scene, and it helps, like, the the, the, the electric blue of the guns also helps. Yeah, it's, like, really cool. Yeah, she takes out one guy, and then she goes to take out another guy. They knock her, they knock her down, and then, or she gets hit from behind by the CEO who picked up the fallen guy's gun. And the three of them are about to shoot her, and then they get shot by another electric gun in the back, and it turns out Luke is there to save the day. That was so cool. I will say that was that was pretty good. I was like, oh, Luke, I love you. The one time Luke does something good. We <laughs> and come and back. I, lo- I love their little banter at the end there, because she's like, you know I had that, right? And he's like, no doubt. Oh, yeah, never, do- never doubted you for a minute. We come back to Vesper giving us the lowdown on the radio of everything that happened. The CEO's in prison. Um, the Gotham Gazette published the the story uh, and how and Batwoman figured it all out. We go to uh, we go to Enigma's office and Alice is Alice is breaking in and in typical Alice fashion of just like. <laughs> Just like randomly doing like just like randomly doing things while looking around like she knocks over a book. She takes the spoon from her tea set and licks it. She grabs she grabs a tissue out of the Kleenex box, sneezes into it and then puts the tissue back. (laughs) 
<sighs> like the Alice, the Alice Revenge. Yeah. And she's doing all the things. (laughs) And she's looking around for some sort of evidence or something to kind of link what's going on. And she comes across the audio recording of Jacob's session and she listens to it. And she, you know, so she hears Jacob saying, like, not helping her is his biggest regret. And then she erases, she erases the. The voice recorder. And like, she said, sorry, it's Daddy. Just, yeah, it's, it's just easier, easier to, forget to forget than to forgive. Yeah, which is true. Yeah. Uh, we go over to we go over to the reporter and Mary. Uh, he's walking out of the clinic and she's like, you know, apply this a few times. You know, she's giving him the cream. Apply this cream a few times a day. Change the bandages as needed and you're all set. And he's like, well, I don't have uh, health insurance just yet, you know just yet and she's like well i'm just glad you got your you got your job back at the gazette and the so, only thing i have to toast with is lollipops yep so did you catch to- a vibe here no <laughs> I, I was like is there i was like what is this no it's a doctor patient thing i just like the fact that mary is smart enough as a doctor to always carry lollipops well i mean of course i went for a vaccine shot i didn't get a lollipop I am very upset. <laughs> I didn't even get a cool dino bandage. Nothing. Except the vaccine. As he leaves, <laughs> as he leaves, Jacob comes in and she's like, well, you caught me. Take me away, officer. And he's like, look, I want to help. He's like, I want you to help you turn this into a real clinic. You know, we'll get doctor, you know, like I'll fund it. We'll get doctors. And she's like, I don't want this to be a real clinic because I want to help. I want to help the people that you don't think are legit. Like she's like, I don't ask for IDs, I don't ask for health insurance, I don't ask for any payments, I don't report nonviolent criminals, or you know, or people yeah. that come in with bullet, you know, with uh, or gunshot wounds, you know. So she's like, that's you know, so I'm gonna do this, and if you want to stop me, you can arrest me. And you know, she's like, she's like, this is. When are you going to realize that this is not a problem you can fix by writing a check? And this is the first time that since Kate died that I haven't felt hollow and I felt like what I'm doing is worth something. And you want to take that away from me and I'm never going to forgive you for it. Right. Um, Which, you know, yeah, I think if Mary wanted to make a legit like she could, I think Mary has enough money. Yeah, she totally could, but she doesn't want to. And I think... Jacob needs to let Mary be Mary. He needs to realize that she's smarter than he gives her credit for, that this is not Kate or Beth all over again, and that Mary is going to be careful and that Mary is also not going to turn out like her mother. Right. I mean, this to me, this was Jacob like trying to make amends with Mary and just kind of missing the point. So, like, this was him, like... He was taking F, uh, Dr. Rhymes' advice. He was he was trying to make an amends with Mary. Yeah, but his methods just weren't going to work. He needs to actually hear Mary in order for it to actually work. Right. And I was just like, that was not the way to do that. Over at the Crows, we have Julia coming into the office, and Sophie's like, hey, Julia, I just noticed that you put in for a... Transfer to Berlin to Berlin. And she's like, yep, I'm doing that. That's a thing I woke up today deciding I was going to do. 
Makes sense. Totally not strange. Peace out, yo. <laughs> I think Sophie did think that was weird. No. Really? <laughs> Which, I mean, good for Sophie. But I was like, okay, so that was definitely Enigma's doing. Like, like Julia's, like, skipping in. Like, Julia doesn't skip. Like, no. come on, and, people. And I don't think she's ever called her love, either, because that was the moment that made her go, huh? Oh, she calls everybody love. She's British. Uh, from there, we have Jacob looking over his, looking over the rest of the crows, and then hits a button to dim his, to dim the windows on his office, which I want. I want one of those things. Yeah. Um, I don't care how much they cost. Somebody buy them for me. <laughs> uh, and then he goes and grabs the box of snake bite that Roman brought in and takes the snake bite. Back over to the holdout, we have Amani who shows up with a with the newspaper article. She's like, "Oh, I thought you'd want to see this." And she's like, "You know, we've been getting lots of donations all day." Like, this is really good for us. And Ryan's like, so I'm off the hook for karate classes? And she's like, nope, I've already signed up. <laughs> wink, wink. Wink. See? Look, I'm winking. Yeah? yeah I signed up for your class. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so she's trying to make a move, but I also think I might have caught a vibe in another scene coming up. No, you didn't. <laughs> so as a... As they're having this conversation, Sophie walks in. Ryan goes over and is like, all right, so we got Angelique out, but she's going to have to be in witness protection until we take down Black Mask. So this might be the last chance you get to talk to her for a while. I don't, so she, just, hands, she hands it, Ryan her cell phone, and Ryan gets to talk to Angelique. And she's like, you know, I'm so proud of you. They're going to, you know, we're going to keep you safe. It's going to be great. You know, you're going to be totally safe. Nothing's going to happen to you at all, ever. And as she's reassuring her, you know, naturally, a car creeps up on the crows. Listen, I saw the car coming in the peripheral of the shot. I was like, oh, crap, what's about to happen? I did not expect what happened because I was expecting, like, car accident and, like, her being on the phone listening to Angelique die. Well, that's just uh... <laughs> that's that's where my mind went. I was, and then that's obviously not what happened. No, nope. the 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 False Face Society kills the uh, the two crows and take Angelique because they need her to make snake bite. Yes. Also, since we know that Enigma and Black Mask are working together. And that Enigma is on the snake bite task force. Do we think that Enigma was the one who gave Black Mask uh, Blitzek information to be able to grab her? I don't know if I don't know if Evelyn would have uh, if Enigma would have that sort of access. She is a she is on the task force, but I don't think she is an official member of the Crows. So I do believe he's definitely got someone working on the inside of the crows. Okay. Um, I'm not discounting that she had something to do with it because she could have easily, depending upon how her things work, you know, if she can give, 
we know she can erase memories and alter memories. We don't know if she could like implant post hypnotic suggestions. You know, kind I'm of like pretty see, sure she can. Like you, you know, the joking thing that you always see like at hypnotists. Like when I ring this bell, you'll cluck like yeah. a chicken. Like where she gives somebody on the crows a suggestion. Like if you find out anything, you come and you tell me, or you tell, or you call this number. You know, maybe somebody. Maybe somebody is working for Black Mask without realizing it, or more, or probably more likely, someone just working for Black Mask on the Crows. Because again, let's let's not forget, someone on the Crows was the one to kill Luke's father. Now, oh, that that's true. Of, that was kind of like brought to Sophia's feet, but at the same time, Sophia and Black Mask seemed to have a a working relationship, if anything other than, like, they're connected through Enigma. Right. So, so, so there's definitely something crooked something on, there. on people from the Crows. So it's very possible that there's somebody from the Crows on the task force that would have access to that, to that information. Uh, and then that is the end of the episode. And so, I'm assuming the trailer next week was all about finding her? Um, the trailer next week is about um, uh, Batwoman Tokyo Drift. There's some sort of plot involving car racing. Uh, we saw a brief scene of of Enigma and Alice, and Enigma having like almost like a it was almost like a um, a flashlight, but it was like a it was like a blue light flashlight. So I'm assuming that's what she kind of uses for the hypnosis. Okay. Uh, but that was that was about it. Uh, overall, I you know this episode I think was really good. Especially I think yeah. the Jacob stuff was pretty good. If for no other reason, like he was able to do, he was able to have like more of a range of emotion in this. Yeah, in this, episode this is the most compelling. This is the most compelling he's been all season because I've been very disconnected from everything Jacob from most of the season. Yeah. Uh, this was the first time that I was actually invested because this is the first time where like we're really getting to fully explore his pain, really, mm-hmm. which yeah. I like. Yeah, and and it it gave him like we always like we never thought he we never thought like he was he forgot Beth, but we see like how much it affected him. Yeah, because they. they spent so much time focusing on the Jacob Kate relationship both last season and the first half of this season that we didn't really see what Beth being gone really truly did for him or to right. him and I I kind of like that we're getting to explore that now. Yeah. Yeah, no, he like I said his stuff in this episode was really good. Um I as we mentioned, I did like the I did like the uh, Julia and Alice stuff. Um, you know, Angelique's story kind of got kind of got pushed forward a bit with her. You know, yeah, her. I, I, I love the way that everything is like interwoven and connected. Again, mm-hmm. it's a through line through most of the season, and it's it it's really working. And I hope it's something that they continue with next season and in any subsequent seasons because. It works. Yeah, like like we've mentioned uh, several times this season, like like obviously 
obviously, like, everything is kind of connected, and you have Enigma as kind of like the bridge between the Sophia stuff and the Black Mask stuff. But at the same time, there were, like, two central storylines to this season that they that they really focused on one in the first half and kind of you saw bits and pieces of the of the snake bite stuff in the background and, and then now... they tied up then they tied up that and they moved over to the snake bite stuff so i i do really like how this season was laid out in the fact of it had like two main storylines and they and instead of trying to tell both all at once they gave you like one pieces and then the other and it kind of led to a much better more cohesive season and it it like again like there really hasn't been any like bad episode to fill in time at all i think maybe one i think the last episode we i think the last episode we had we weren't really like super thrilled with but that's because everything else has been so good yeah, and because we were just coming off of, like, that mid-season finale. Yeah, like, it just kind of felt like a downer of an episode, but even then it wasn't bad. But also, too, I kind of like that the snake bite and the Kate story have kind of switched roles. Like, for the first half, Kate took up central focus, and you had snake bite percolating on the back burner. And now things have kind of switched, but I do kind of need a little bit more Kate info to be sprinkled in there. Because, yes, like, they definitely need to start doing something. Because, again, now we're on episode 10, so next episode is 11. If we don't have anything, then you're then you got five episodes left. Like, or No, isn't it a 19-episode season? So isn't it eight? Right. I, uh, yeah, yeah, it is 19. For some reason, I thought it was 18 episodes. So you're right. We still have, like, eight episodes left. But you've got to start doing something, especially since it seems like they're going to give her a new face, a new identity. So if you're going to resolve that by the end of the season, like you got to get on the ball. And because I, I don't feel want, like I don't want her to show up like episode 16. And then by 17, they're like, hey, that might be Kate. Yeah, no, it's they've hopefully with Angelique being taken, Angelique will kind of be our way in, in a way, because hopefully Angelique and Kate, will be held together maybe or maybe angelique because angelique seems like kind of a fighter so maybe angelique will find a way to break out and on her way trying to escape she maybe comes across kate and we kind of get a little bit more information there because you announced wallace day as your casting and she is kick-ass she is amazing like use her yeah please yeah i agree um so come on let's get uh Let's get Wallace Day in these uh, in these episodes. Um, so that being said, uh, I believe that's all I have for this episode. How about you? That's all I have. All right. So we are part of the Thought Bubble Audio family. You can find us on thoughtbubbleaudio.com or wherever podcasts can be found. You can also find a slate of nerdy shows on Thought Bubble Audio. We have Academy Rewind, which is a great movie uh, podcast going through the Best Picture uh, nominees and winners from years past, hosted by me and my friend Tim. We have Tolkien TV Talk. We have Supergirl TV Talk. We have the Book of the Book of Lucas, I believe, which is uh, the Gospel of Lucas, which is a Star Wars themed 
uh, slash Bible podcast, if just going by the title of it. We also have Hate Watch with us. There are many shows. I'm sure you'll find something you'll like, aside from us, because I know we're the best. Uh, you can find us on Twitter. You can tweet at us at Batwoman TV Talk at Twitter. You can tweet at me at Academy Rewind on Twitter. You can also email us at Batwoman TV Talk at gmail.com. Where can the people find you? I am at XO Tony Roney XO on Twitter. All right. Please, uh, you know, by all means, reach out to us. We love talking to people, uh, especially, you know, even if you're telling us that you think uh, we are wrong. Um, I always love discussing episodes with people uh, when I post the episodes. So by all means, let us know what you think. You can always rate and review us on any place that you can get your podcast. And until then, they are shining the bat signal out in the sky. So we're going to get out of here. We'll see you next week, everybody. Bye, everybody.